What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. Tonight, the Cardinals won. They got game number 161 out of the way and beat the Pirates in extra innings 8-7. to But, of course, the actual content of the game is not necessarily the most interesting topic on the mind for Cardinals fans as they await the inevitable Friday, well, evening, afternoon. We don't really know for sure yet. Probably afternoon, you'd think, for Friday at Bush Stadium. Game one of the wildcard series between, exactly. We don't know 100% for sure at this time, although it's getting very close as I record this to being more of a guarantee as the Phillies lost tonight to the Astros. They were nearly no hit against Houston. Remember, San Diego came into Tuesday with a one-game lead, but Philly had the chance at the tiebreaker. Philly won the season series over San Diego, and so that made things a little bit complicated coming into the day, but possibly things getting a little bit simpler now. As with that 10 nothing loss to the Astros that the Phillies took on Tuesday night, their record is 87-74. and The Padres came into today 88-72, and and they currently, as of this recording, lead the Giants 5-0. So, if the Padres hold on to win that game, they will be the number 5 seed. The Phillies will be locked into the number 6 seed. And that's who the Cardinals will see on Friday at Bush Stadium. It's possible that half hour from now, I'm still recording this, and I can give you the update on that. But let's just assume that that's probably going to be the case. 5-0 lead in the 8th inning as of recording time here for the Padres. So, they'll win game uh, number 89. The Phillies will max out at 88 wins, and San Diego will have the five. So, Cardinals, you're probably seeing Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola on Friday and Saturday at Bush Stadium, I would have to believe. We'll see what ends up happening there. I do want to get into some conversation tonight on B-Shape Daily. One thing I'm going to do is reiterate something that I posted to the Patreon, and I just posted this article, uh, this text post earlier on Tuesday evening. Would love to have you guys check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash bshafer12. I'm going to be putting exclusive content, different thoughts than what I give on the podcast. Sometimes it'll reiterate certain things I've mentioned on the podcast, but in a different format. And I'm going to go over kind of my ideal postseason lineup for the Cardinals, which I think I may have touched on, uh, but we discussed it and, and fleshed it out even further on the radio show, The Big Show, today on Tuesday afternoon. So I want to give you where I'm at with that. But I also want to address uh, a message I got from my buddy Eric, who he reached out uh, on Tuesday evening, and he said, hey, your last podcast made it sound like the Cardinals will lose the best of three in one game. They might have a tough time, but damn, is what Eric said. And uh, I thought that was interesting because it may be, and maybe you agree with this, if you listen to the last episode of B-Shape Daily from, I guess it was Monday night, early Tuesday morning, it might have been after midnight that I recorded last night, I can't remember, where I maybe sounded a little pessimistic on the Cardinals' chances, regardless of whether they face the Padres or the Phillies. I wanted to say this part. If you heard yesterday's podcast and you said, wow, the fact that Brendan is really talking up the fact that the Phillies and Padres should prefer to play the Cardinals instead of being the five seed and facing the Mets, which, by the way, the Braves did officially clinch the NL East tonight, so that is the matchup. Braves are the two seed. Mets are going to be the four. And so the five seed will go to New York. 
I, here's my thought on that: is it was simply uh, not a case of me thinking the Cardinals are a favorable matchup or anybody's going to have an easy time knocking St. Louis out of the playoffs. I don't believe that at all. But if you had the choice, you'd rather face Jacob Degrom, Max Scherzer, or you'd rather face I don't know Michaelis Quintana for the Cardinals. Yeah, no, no slight to those guys, but I don't want to see any piece of Degrom Scherzer if I had my druthers. If I had my choice, I'd, I'd prefer to face the Cardinals pitching. And you can say whatever you will about the lineup at the bullpens. Starting pitching is what has a chance to carry a team in a short series. In the Cardinals' case, it's their ability to slug the baseball that has a chance to overcome that pitching. And so that was really my thought process there. It's not to diminish the Cardinals or to say that I believe the Phillies or or Padres, either one, could beat the Cardinals. You know, I haven't given a series prediction or anything like that at this point. But I do believe if you just look at the the bare bones of the pitching matchups, the, the probables... Uh, they would favor the Mets, I think, over the Cardinals. And so, and then you, you go beyond that. It's about NLDS matchups. Would you rather face, assuming you get out of the wild card series, would you rather face the Dodgers or the, the Braves? I would rather face the Atlanta Braves, even though they are the defending world champions and a very good team. Like, you got to play your best baseball regardless of who you face. I get that. But that's just the, uh, to me, it's an easier path to go through St. Louis and then Atlanta as opposed to New York with that pitching in a, in a two out of three scenario, and then have to play an LDS against a really talented Dodgers team, won 110 games this year. I don't know if they won tonight, but they were at 110 earlier this week. So that's sort of the thought process there. But if I was a little too pessimistic, pardon me, as Eric mentioned, that maybe I was uh, on yesterday's podcast, I want to kind of clear the air about that and really detail what kind of chances I think the Cardinals actually have in this thing uh, to potentially make a run. Because you might be surprised that I'm, maybe I'm more optimistic than I sounded yesterday. But I do want to lay the facts out there and, and discuss what is actually going to be up against the Cardinals when they take this on. So that's going to be kind of the topic of conversation for tonight. We're just gearing up for this playoff series. It's going to be an interesting one, going to be a big one, going to be a rocking environment at Bush beginning on Friday, likely against the Phillies. But uh, yeah, I just want to continue to dive into previewing what could be a, a fun October run for the Cardinals or could. It could end pretty quickly. It could end by Saturday, right? We, we just really don't know at this point. It's going to depend on how this team comes out and, and fights and plays with uh, with their season on the line in a short series. We haven't seen anything like this. Uh, well, I guess that's not true. 2020 we did when they had the expanded playoffs due to COVID. Everybody played a best two out of three series to begin the, po- the postseason. Cardinals lost two out of three to the Padres in 2020. So it's kind of a similar scenario to that, except this time the Cardinals know they get any game that's going to be played, it's going to play at Bush Stadium. So that's an advantage for a team that has been really strong at home this season. Going to get into all that more on tonight's episode of B-Shape Daily. But first, I want to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast, first and foremost, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'd love to have you guys on board. We'd love you to, to rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Get those numbers up. It means a lot to me if you're able to do so. Just take a, a quick moment and, and get that done would be uh, would be awesome. And then check out the Patreon. I'm getting content up there. Patreon.com slash bshafer12. View it as a way to support bshafe daily, support me and my endeavor of content creating on this podcast. But also, you're going to get some extra stuff that you wouldn't get anywhere else by becoming a patron. Uh, five bucks a month, that's the, the, the minimum tier. And uh, appreciate you guys who have decided to jump on board there. We're, our numbers are growing every day. So that is absolutely so exciting for me. And uh, thank you to Eric, by the way, for becoming the latest patron. It means a lot, man. All right. Going to jump into the content of the show here by detailing. Let's go ahead and do this first. Let's do the postseason lineup, and then I'll get into some more 
of the the nuanced conversation about really how I view the Cardinals and their chances coming into this wild card series coming into this postseason. Going to read this uh, from the Patreon, but I'm not going to give you all the details they put on there. So I'm not giving it all away for free, but uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash bshafer12. But here are my lineups. I think I talked about this on an earlier episode of bshafe Daily. My thing is right now, I'm going the same guys against righties as against lefties. It's the same nine guys. The only difference is going to be the order. Against righties, I'm going Donovan, Newt Bar, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Carlson, batting fifth, Pujols, Yepes, Molina, Edmund. That's my lineup against righties. You notice no Corey Dickerson. Yes, he's been a left-handed bat that's been in there pretty frequently. Ollie Marmol has had him in the five-hole often. The numbers over the last few weeks haven't been impressive. He's hitting around 100 for the last two, two, three weeks. And defensively, I don't see a lot of upside there compared to Yepes. Obviously, Yepes is a raw player in the outfield. He's not an outfielder by trade, but he does a nice enough job out there. And uh, had had the game-winning hit tonight as the Cardinals beat the Pirates 8-7 to in Pittsburgh uh, in extra innings. I just think offensively he offers, at this point in time, whether it's a lefty or a righty on the mound, that which Dickerson does not seem to provide. And if you're you're calling the defense not really an advantage that Dickerson has either, I'm I'm cool with going Yepes in left field and taking my chances that uh, that Yepes at least doesn't embarrass you, cost you there. I know that that can be a risk, but I've seen some of the routes that Dickerson has taken to balls this year, and I got to be honest, I don't know that it can be a, a, a big downgrade with Yepes. It hasn't been a strength of Dickerson's game, and in terms of throwing arm, he's he's rated according to like Statcast and things of that nature as one of the worst uh, throwing arms in the outfield this season as well across Major League Baseball. So I'm going Yepes. I feel like I know he hasn't been a, a big contributor in that he's been in the minors for a good portion of the second half of the season. But I think he's a motivated guy to show uh, what he can do, and the raw hit tool is there. So I want Yepes in my lineup. He'd be batting seventh, hey, right behind Pujols. He could stand in the on-deck circle, watch his buddy bat as a designated hitter, and uh, maybe pick up a thing or two. I think that can motivate a guy like Yepes, like that relationship it's maybe a little bit narrative-driven rather than stats-driven. We like to be kind of data-based, but at times there are narratives that I do think come into play, and that might be one of them. So I like Yepes in there in left field. But that does leave that hole. The Cardinals have liked to have a lefty bat in the five-hole to break up Arenado and Pujols just so that you can't have that matchup against a, a right-handed pitcher so comfortably. Now, Carlson hasn't been a guy that's hit righties all that well, but he is a left-handed bat, and so that might be enough to make him think twice. Uh, you could go Edmund in that five hole if you wanted, move Carlson down to the bottom of the order. I've liked the way that Edmund has operated as sort of that second leadoff man, though, and so I enjoy him in the nine hole uh, if he's not batting near the top. So, yeah, I'm comfortable with Carlson. Like, he's an X factor for me for the Cardinals if they are going to make noise in this postseason. I think Dylan Carlson has to be a big part of it. He started to get the swagger back a little bit after coming off the IL. Uh, they're going to need him. They're going to need him against righties. They're going to need him against lefties. They're going to need him in center field. I have faith in Carlson. I think he can have a good postseason, and the Cardinals are going to, to vibe. They're going to thrive off of what he does. He's a tone setter for this team when they're going well. He's an X factor for me. Against left-handed pitching, again, same names, but a little bit different on the order. I'm going Donovan once again at the top. 394 on base percentage this season. He's been fantastic. I, I don't care lefty-righty. He has been a guy that just gets on base. He's a table setter for the lineup. He's in the leadoff spot for me. Pretty remarkable for a guy that did not make the opening day roster out of spring camp, but he's been a huge contributor since he got here. Carlson's my two-hitter. He's going to bat in front of Goldschmidt. He's been very good against lefties this year. I think, again, like 
you get to face some lefties in the playoffs, I think the Cardinals, again, best OPS in Major League Baseball this season against lefties. It's such an advantage for this lineup. And uh, when you look at at least the one through five, even one through six, heck, one through, one through seven, you, you can acknowledge that with some of the names and the advantages that you have here offensively. Goldie three, Arenado four, same difference. I'm putting Pujols up to the five hole, though. You could bet him second if you wanted to. We saw that a couple of times. As Albert was chasing 700, Ollie put him up in the two hole. Um, I, I I think I would rather have him a little lower in the lineup, like the five hole, to elongate the power threat within that lineup. That's a murderer's row, three, four, five, the way Pujols has been hitting. So that's kind of where I want him. No, I don't worry about breaking it up in that case. Uh, yes, they'll go to a righty reliever, and then Goldsmith and Arnado are still going to bat because they're two of the best five hitters in the National League this season. I don't care what kind of pitching they're facing. And then Albert's going to face it as well, and uh, that's fine because he's been, uh, in the second half of the season, one of the best hitters in the NL. Whether it's been lefty or righty, that's been what Albert has been. He's a clutch player. He's doing what he's doing at age 42. I don't have any quandary, any qualms about it. Uh, he's in the five hole for me against lefties. We're going we're gonna to stack it that way. Edmund six, Yepes seventh, Molina, Newt Barr is going to be the nine-hole hitter, uh, kind of the way that we've seen him go up toward the top when they're facing righties, and then the lefty bat goes down toward the bottom. Uh, no Tyler O'Neill again. It uh, doesn't look like he's going to be recovered from that hamstring in time to do everything the Cardinals want to see him to be able to do to make that wild card roster as a Friday. So I feel like it's going to be Newt Barr getting the everyday starts, uh, and he's going to be in right field. Those are my lineups. How would your lineups differ? And we'll see how Ollie Marmels differ. Uh, that'll be interesting to kind of monitor as we get into uh, the later in the week and, and look at what things uh, appear to be on Friday. So I want to do that real quick. I want to do a little bit of housekeeping because there was some news, I think, that's notable from the game on Friday that I want to make sure I touch on before we get a little further into the uh, the narrative stuff, the long-range conversation about this team and their postseason chances. One thing I want to mention, inning of relief for Jack Flaherty on Tuesday, scoreless inning for Jack. I don't know whether to read into that as he's going to be pitching out of the bullpen in the wild card series or it's just it's like a bullpen session. They wanted to get him some game action heading into the weekend. I think he's going to be on the roster and I think he's going to play a role. I just don't know what that role is going to be yet. And I don't want to spend too much time speculating on it because it's just until we ask Ollie, until he gives those answers, we're not really going to know. We saw that Quintana and Michaelis pitched three innings each on Monday. I would recommend a belief that those guys are going to be your stars for game one and two, but it's just, we we don't know for sure. It is a little interesting to know that that would be on three days rest, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, pardon me, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, forgot my days of the week. If those guys, because they pitched on Monday, so that would only be three days rest, whoever pitches on Friday, maybe that means it is Wainwright. I don't know that that's the case. Uh, again, your speculation is as good as mine on this topic right now, because we just don't know right, right at this point, but you can bet that Quintana and Michaelis are going to play pivotal roles in the series. That's what I would say. Elsewhere, news from Friday. This is potentially significant. Hopefully not, though. Uh, and no, it's not the news that Dakota Hudson didn't get through the third and gave up seven earned. He will not be on the postseason roster. That, I mean, he did not pitch well tonight. And I feel bad for the guy. I don't know if he'll pitch again for the Cardinals. We'll see. Um, but but wild card roster, I'd be surprised to see. And uh, depending on how they want to go with the rotation for next year, I could see an offseason trade. But he just hasn't really been able to consistently put it together this year, and so I wouldn't expect him on that wild card series roster, though I could be wrong. They might like the depth. Um, it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck situation, so we'll have to wait and see. But that's just my prediction as of now. Here's the news I wanted to talk about is Ryan Helsley. He left the game after recording just one out. He jammed his finger 
And that's maybe a little bit scary because that's your closer. That's the best reliever maybe in the National League, but certainly on this roster. And you expect that he would be somebody available to, to factor in any of those games in the wild card series. Um, you know, it's it's been a couple of cases where he's gone back-to-back, obviously, this year. Three days in a row might be stretching it a little bit too far, but you'd have to figure if it goes three games, he's going to be pitching in at least two of them if those games are close to give the Cardinals every chance that they could possibly hope to muster to advance to the NLDS. If you don't have him, it's a problem. Will the Cardinals have Ryan Helsley? Again, kind of hard to tell. He spoke to the Bally Sports postgame show along with uh, reporters that are there in Pittsburgh regarding the situation surrounding his finger. We'll go ahead now and play some of that audio courtesy of Bally Sports. When I caught myself when I caught the soft liner and um, just felt some discomfort, so I felt like it was a smart move to come out of the game. I mean, pain now, or how does it feel? It feels a little stiff, you know, um, so hopefully the next couple of days it kind of resolves itself. When uh, when you felt discomfort, are you thinking, oh, no, this is the worst thing to happen? Yeah, just kind of frustrating, you know. I wanted to finish strong right there and stay in the game, obviously, but uh, kind of erred on the side of safety, so. What are they telling you about the finger, like you said? Um, just kind of just jammed it. I mean, I don't think anything's super wrong with it, so I think she needs some rest and kind of let it resolve itself. And is there a, con- is that a concern going forward? Do you think it'll be I don't think so. You know, I felt it a little bit tonight when I was trying to throw my off-speed stuff and just felt like I didn't have the feel I needed to continue the inning, so I felt like it was smart to come out of the game. Kind of a pressure. Yeah, just kind of pressure. Yeah, I couldn't really squeeze the ball like I wanted to, and so I just felt like there was no need to stay in there and try to get two more outs. All right, so that's Cardinals closer Ryan Helsley after uh, an appearance in which he left early on Tuesday. You heard him talk about jamming his finger, fielding a ball on the one out that he recorded, and boy, that's <laughs> I, I made the tweet where I said, I think there's 11 months of the calendar where I would prefer to see the trainer fiddling with Ryan Helsley's hand more than I would uh, prefer to see it in the month of October. Like, Cardinals are going to need Ryan Helsley to be Ryan Helsley to make a run in the playoffs. I think that's going to be a pretty critical part of what they do. You want to have that lockdown reliever at the end of games. He's been that this season. If you don't have him, it's it's a problem. But you heard him there. He doesn't seem overly concerned. Hopefully, it's a case of rest Wednesday, rest Thursday, can pitch Friday. They obviously were trying to set him up schedule-wise to be ready to go for game one of that wildcard series. Hopefully, this is no big deal, but yeah, a little bit of a concerning sight. I think we'll have more information, uh, hopefully even by by Wednesday. It's something that the reporters in Pittsburgh will probably be asking Ollie Marmel about pregame, maybe even postgame on the uh, situation for Ryan Helsley. But something to keep an eye on for sure. Cardinals signed Giovanni Gallegos to a contract extension. I believe that came yesterday, that news on Monday, 2023-2024. Uh, he was already under team control through arbitration, but they bought him out of that, and they added a club option for 2025 is the contract news there. I, I did not see an official dollar figure on that for Gio, but bottom line is the Cardinals have uh, finalized exactly what they'll be paying Gallegos for the next two seasons, and then potentially if he does well, they'll have that club option where they can buy him out of a year of free agency. Eventually, I, I guess if it hasn't already, the numbers will come out on that of what they're actually paying him, and we'll be able to talk about that, see what we think of the deal. But bottom line is they're going to need him to step into a role, regardless of Helsley's status, but certainly if Helsley is unavailable for any reason, that would be something to keep an eye on. So we'll see what that ends up looking like. Hopefully those sounded like not too big of a deal, but wanted to make sure you guys were aware of it 
here on B-Shape Daily. Let's go ahead now and break down. Not, not a whole lot to say about the game beyond, beyond what we've talked about so far. I want to get into a little bit of the, the narrative stuff about the fact that it sounded like maybe I was pretty pessimistic on the Cardinals' chances uh, during yesterday's podcast. It doesn't reflect how I actually feel. But I think when you line it up, like it's going to be the Phillies more likely than not at this point. I'm going to go ahead and real quick do a uh, Google search to give you the update on the Padres score. 6-2, to two, top of the ninth. The Giants are three outs away from uh, losing that game. So it's going to be the Padres that will be the 5 seed, which means the Cardinals face Philadelphia. You're looking at Wheeler. You're looking at Nola. And that's really the reasoning behind, I would say, any pessimism that you may have heard deep within my voice on yesterday's show because you look at what Zach Wheeler has done against the Cardinals this year. It's Again, these are just facts. 14 innings, no runs allowed. It's not to say that they couldn't possibly get to him, and it's not to say that they couldn't have him throw seven shutout innings and then beat the Philly bullpen thereafter. They've done that kind of thing to Corbin Burns before and won games exactly that way. So it's not that they can't beat him, but when you're in a three-game series and it's best two out of three, it may not even go three games, and you know that the guy pitching game one against you is someone you have not scored off this year in multiple outings, I think that can be a little bit of a mental challenge. And so I'm intrigued to see how the Cardinals respond to it. It, it could go one way or the other. If they respond to it in such a way that's like, hey, we know we haven't gotten this guy in the past, but now we're here to show we mean business, and they come out guns blazing in the early innings and, and scratch off a, a crooked number against this guy, the sky is legitimately going to be the limit for this team and this offense in the postseason. Like, that would say a lot to me. And I'm not saying it's impossible that they would do it. I'm just giving you the facts on here's what it's been so far. Do we have reason to believe that it's going to continue? That's sort of for uh, the interpretation of each person to decide, I would say. Right? You as a Cardinals fan have got to recognize how you feel about it going into the series. But again, it's this playoff baseball. Like, maybe it's just my own uh, internal mechanism to just be kind of, like, clenched about it. But I know that fans are the exact same way. Where you are, I'm not saying I'm expecting the worst, but like you're preparing yourself for it to be a grind and it to not be easy. You look across the National League, there are some good teams. The Dodgers and Braves are really good. The Mets are really good with great pitching. The Phillies are a really good team. They've got their deficiencies. They've got the ways that the Cardinals can beat them. But they're a really good ball club as well with two ace pitchers that they're going to be able to start off going 1-2. And I'm going to try to look up to you because I haven't really talked about what it would look like for the Phillies and their number three starter. And maybe this is something that's been reported and it's out there and it's obvious. But when I just think about that team, I kind of have to look it up and go, all right, who would it be? Would it be Noah Syndergaard? Like, I don't know that he's quite had that kind of year to necessarily be bestowed that automatically. But I don't know that they have a lot of other starters that you feel great about. Could be a bullpen game, right? Like, if your season's on the line... You're not going to waste your time going five, six innings with a guy that you think is lesser uh, than some of your guys in relief. But the Phillies have one of the worst bullpens as well in the National League. They're toward the bottom end. And so I I would have to think that that would play a role in an advantage that the Cardinals could potentially derive there. By the way, Aaron Nola is one game that he pitched against the Cardinals this year. Cardinals got to him later in that outing. He pitched seven innings, but the Cardinals got five runs against him back on uh, the, the 11th of July. So it's a couple months ago two and a half, close to three months ago. If that math is correct, yeah, it is. And uh, in the month of September, he's been kind of back and forth. Give you the uh, the lines for him. He did have a good outing uh, 
on Monday against Houston. He was the starter, six and two-thirds, no runs allowed, nine Ks. So he's sharpening up now. But you look prior to that, he gave up four runs to the Cubs on the 28th, gave up four to the Braves on the 17th, and had uh, otherwise some quality starts. Had a game on the 11th of, of September where they had uh, rain delay, so he only pitched two innings. But otherwise, six innings, no runs, six innings uh, and two-thirds with one run allowed, 10 Ks. He's a guy that's a strikeout pitcher. His last four outings, 8-8-8-9 eight, 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 on the strikeout ledger. So Aaron Nola is certainly a guy that you got to be careful with. He doesn't walk a ton of guys. No walks over his last two starts, 12 and two-thirds innings. But against the Cardinals at one time this year, they did find a way to get to him late. But that's about working counts and picking your spots and taking advantage of them when you get runners in scoring position because it's not going to happen too frequently against a guy like that. Cardinals, you think about, oh, they're going to strike out, they're going to flail. Cardinals actually don't strike out very much compared to the rest of the league. Like, I know strikeouts in the game are up, and I think I've I've espoused this thought before on the show, but they rank fifth in MLB in fewest team strikeouts per game this season at 7.58. Only about a half strikeout behind Cleveland, who only Ks 6.94 times per year, per year, per game. And the Cardinals have been one of the best in baseball at that on an average basis. That being said, you're going to be facing some very good K-type pitchers in Wheeler and Nola, Something to, to bear in mind. But I did want to take a look because I had mentioned it at what it's going to look like potentially for that number three guy in the rotation. Looking over the roster right now. Oh, yeah. Edmundo Sosa. That's going to be a fun part of this series. Something you obviously got to keep in mind there with uh, the trade that sent him there. I wonder if Jojo Romero, does he make the wild card roster for the Cardinals? Isn't it great numbers from the left side? I prefer Steven Matz. Um, I don't know about Hennessy Cabrera. He's been in Pittsburgh kind of having a little bit of an audition. Nolan Gorman is there on the taxi squad. They're sort of auditioning for those bench roles. I would put Nolan Gorman on the roster over Dickerson, but I don't think you can do that if O'Neill's not in there. They may need the extra outfielder. Uh, but Deluzio, Alec Burleson, I, I know I'm poo-pooing Corey Dickerson, but he just hasn't looked good lately. So I don't really know what the upside is. If, you, if you're building a bench for a, a short series, like a, a best two out of three, I want to put the guys on my bench that are specialists, that have certain skills. <laughs> it's... uh. What is that, Liam Neeson? Yeah, I want the guys on my bench who have a particular set of skills, and with those skills, they can, well, help the Cardinals win two out of three over the Phillies. That's sort of the bottom line. Guys like Ben Deluzio fit that billing, even if they're not a star player or a longtime big leaguer. Deluzio, good defensive center fielder, could play the corners if he needed to, can steal a base for you late in the game, or can go first to third, can be a pinch runner. He's got a skill set that could be valuable more so than the Corey Dickerson skill set of, eh, he's just kind of average at everything he does, but doesn't really stand out in any particular way. If I had to pick between the two, I'd be taking Deluzio. You could make the argument with Burleson or even Nolan Gorman if you weren't worried about the defensive flexibility of it, that you need a left-handed bat off the bench, you need some pop, some power. I would I would probably look in one of those directions, even though uh, there have been holes in, in his swing as well. He provides an upside that I don't think Dickerson does. So that's sort of the way I'm thinking of the bench when you diagnose kind of what you want from that roster, but just just kind of something to think about there. Uh, looking at the situation here for the Phillies, I don't know that Cindergard would necessarily be the guy. Ranger Suarez would be maybe the answer. 3.37 ERA, 28 starts this season, has been a, a fixture in their rotation. Again, anybody that's going in that game three would be on such a short leash. You know, they could they could throw Wheeler in relief on on one day's rest. Like anything's possible in my estimation if if that were to be the scenario. But that's just to say, like Ranger Suarez again, 
pretty good season. I don't know that he's a guy that really puts the fear of God in you like those other guys do. But we're breaking down like what the Cardinals could do. Do I think they would have a chance? Yeah, absolutely. You'd like to see them do well against Zach Wheeler. I think that's the skeleton key. If you can unlock that, I think the Cardinals win the series going away. I have faith in what Michaelis would do at home. I have faith in what Quintana can do, not only at home, uh, but even against a, a Phillies lineup that hits better against lefties. But maybe the Quintana factor is what you need to neutralize Kyle Schwarber, who's leading the NL in home runs. I believe he's got 46 now. Hit a couple uh, of home runs this week. Bryce Harper, left-handed hitter. You can maybe neutralize him a little bit with Quintana. I don't hate that. I take my chances with the rest of the Philly lineup, even though they do crush lefties as a group. They don't have any superstars on the level of a Harper or a Schwarber. So I'm okay with Quintana, even though the, the numbers say Philly prefers to face lefties as a group. I'm looking at those key matchups, and I want lefties who can neutralize them. That's why Steven Matz would absolutely be on my wildcard roster, taking those at-bats. Like, Steven Matz probably pitches in multiple games, and he's facing those guys, right? He's facing Harper when he comes in. He's facing Kyle Schwarber when he comes in. You need some other guys from that left side, Zach Thompson. I mean, that's got to be a spot where Zach Thompson can step into that role, and you're playing matchups all the way through. Going to be very interesting to see how Ollie Marmel handles it and how John Mozeliak and co. handle just deciding who's going to be on that roster. You don't need five starters in a three-game series, but if your starters are going to be used out of the bullpen, maybe you do, right? It's going to be all hands on deck. So I am curious to see how that goes. But yes, I'm looking at this matchup and saying the Phillies, they have an advantage with their number one pitcher. They could arguably have an advantage with their number two pitcher. But if you get to one of those, if this game goes three, uh, let me rephrase that. If this series goes three games, Cardinals will win the series. If you find a way to get one of the first two, I don't see the Cardinals losing the winner-take-all game at Busch Stadium. I do not see it happening. Not with the pitching advantage that they would have, um, because I just don't think that behind the first two that the Phillies have anything all that scary to offer. Their bullpen ranks toward the lower end of the league, as I mentioned, in ERA this season. Cardinals have a better bullpen. They do the things that you'd rather see your team do with a season on the line in, in one game. They don't make defensive miscues the way the Phillies do. I will say this, though. The Phillies actually errors per game, fourth in MLB, only make uh, 0.43 errors per game, which is lower than I would have expected. Cardinals lead the league 0.41 errors per game, the lowest in MLB this season. But the Phillies, they don't have a lot of upside defenders. Granted, Amundo Sosa is one. Maybe that was a move that they made saying, hey, we need to get this guy because we have to improve our defense a little bit. But they've got some butchers that they have to play in the outfield from time to time. They've maybe improved from where they were at the beginning of the season defensively. I still give the Cardinals the edge over any team in MLB. So that's an area where I think the Cardinals have the edge over the Phillies. Uh, bullpen, definitely have an edge, especially if you have Ryan Helsley. Even if you don't, I still probably take the Cardinals, who have an ERA of like 3.81 uh, from their relievers this season. I feel good about those matchups. It's two teams that can slug, and that can be interesting because in postseason games, typically we think of the Cardinals playing these low-scoring games the last few years, just trying to scratch across any runs that they can find. Uh, you could play a couple of shootouts. I mean, it would be possible to see some barn burners, but with the pitching matchups in Game 1 and 2, I don't know if that's going to be the case uh, for either side. Like, I think they're going to be some, some hard-fought games. But no, I, if I gave the impression yesterday that I don't think the Cardinals can win this series, I don't think that's the case at all. I actually would be picking the Cardinals over the Phillies. Um, like I said, I think it's going to probably take three games to get it done because the margin for error against the Wheelers and Knowles is going to be tough. I think they find a, a way to get one of those games, but I think it does go a third game, but that's what the Cardinals really do have an advantage. They be at home. They have those experienced players. They have two of the top five hitters in the National League. They have a deep wealth of guys to go to. 
in terms of their pitching staff. Starters, relievers, doesn't matter. They can get through nine innings in an effective way, I think more so than what the Phillies could do on Sunday. So, I, yeah, I would be picking the Cardinals to advance to, to face the Braves in the NLDS. It's not a guarantee. Nothing is. They would have to hit, as I've said. Like, if you don't have Goldsmith and Arenado, no, I don't think you get it done. But I just have to have a feeling that it means too much to these guys. They're going to find a way to be locked in. Like, Goldie has looked a little bit better. He started to take some better at-bats. Arenado, I think he's going to be there to make some some big swings. I mentioned Carlson. I think they've got enough firepower in the tank to do it. Uh, it's just a matter of actually physically doing it. So I wanted to clear that up. If I if I was uh, the anti-Cardinals guy yesterday where you thought, wow, he's he's really sounding a little pessimistic, maybe that's just uh, sort of my, my defense mechanism where I think, oh, boy, it's playoff baseball. What could go wrong? Because as a, as a fan growing up, that is always the way I watch those games. What could go wrong? You know, it's not as intense when your team is batting. That's the way I've always felt it was, especially if you're not trailing in the game already. You can kind of relax because nothing bad can happen when your team is batting. When your team is pitching, oh my goodness. It's like you're on pins and needles just waiting for that happening to be over. You can exhale during the commercial. And then even if they don't score during their side of the inning, at least they can't be scored upon. They, they can't start losing the game. Maybe that's not your mentality watching playoff baseball. It's always been mine. So maybe that that colors into what uh, I had to say about things on Monday. But uh, hopefully this clears it up. Yeah, I, I would pick the Cardinals over the Phillies. I think it would take three games to do it. But that's that's my pick as of right now. I'll make sure to finalize that as we get into uh, later in the week, previewing the series and, and when we know it's official, right? And right before I sign off here, I want to give you one final update because it's possible that that matchup against Philadelphia is secured. It is. The Padres defeated the Giants 6-2. to two. Tonight, you already knew this by this point because this podcast has been recorded and it's hours old, and so you already knew this. But the Cardinals will be facing the Phillies. That's locked and loaded, guaranteed. Nothing can change. So, Zach Wheeler versus question mark? I think it's going to be Michaelis. Game one on Friday. We'll wait and see. But that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening. Going to plug one more time, patreon.com slash bshafer12. You're the best for checking it out. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next time on bshafe Daily. Peace.